afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you, uh, a little bit different show, uh, talking about the future of work. Um, something that's a very important topic and some uh, with a great guest that um, we'll bring on momentarily. But of course, we first start with our quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First from the universe. Cool, huh? Being among the very first to get what's going on, to sense the promise, dare the dream, Feel the power, tempt the fear, know the truth, rise above and be a light to billions who will follow. Except, of course, it's sometimes lonely. All hail the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Having a little fun with us today. Um, and I, I think uh, really the universe trying to remind us today that Especially if you're listening to my broadcast, if you're uh, a loyal fan of the Conscious Consultant Hour or you've, uh, you, know, you listen to our shows on talkradio.nyc, you know that not everybody, um, oh wow, got a bunch of love there, uh, not everybody uh, really is into the, the sort of leading edge of uh, transformational thought, of consciousness, of of, of a more sustainable way of living and things like that. And it's really kind of cool because when you sort of dance in these worlds, you, you hear about things before anybody else. You see amazing things, amazing teachers who, uh, you know, people don't know about at first and then all of a sudden they explode on the scene and it seems like they're overnight sensations. But the truth is they've actually been around for years and people like us have been listening to them. Wonderful teachers like Matt Kahn and, and uh, 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 Satyan Raja, Jennifer Huff, uh, you know, people who have just an amazing message. And, and we kind of find these people first. And it's fun and it's exciting. And, and you know, we, we get to dive into this beautiful stuff. Um, and sometimes it can feel a little lonely because there are not that many people who are into the same thing at, at the same time as we are. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been on a spiritual path, path most of my life. And I remember uh, back in college, uh, and I was pretty young then, and, and, into all this strange stuff and back then I mean if you talked about meditation or channeling or any of this stuff people would look at you cross-eyed and think you're crazy I mean hands down there were very very few people who were I would say into the quote-unquote consciousness movement um, and it's just so interesting over the years especially over the last 10 years to see how it's become more and more in the mainstream um, and there are a number of reasons why. I mean, when when um, Rhonda Byrne came out with her movie The Secret, that totally popular popularized the law of attraction. Uh, that was a huge, huge leap forward. Again, I, I I I like The Secret. I believe it's a very sort of first grade primer on the topic of the law of attraction. 
but it's beautiful because it's it's such a, a an entry point for people who n- would not normally uh, start to listen to and and uh, be into these kinds of topics. So, um, you know, with, with that and Oprah and just all these things that have developed over the last ten years. It, it's really amazing to see how much of this has gone mainstream. So, yes, it is uh, exciting, um, and it can also sometimes be a little bit lonely. But, you know, as we build our tribe, as we uh, continue to uh, uh, find more like-minded people, and there are more and more of us every day, uh, we feel better. Like my loyal fans, I see Shirlene. Oh, welcome to the Facebook Live, Shirlene. Zena, oh, I haven't seen you in ages, Zena. Great to catch up. Patty, loyal listener. Thank you so much, Patty. I'm so glad you're listening today, and I'm really glad I see you say you're learning lots uh, from my show. I appreciate that, and um, I'm really glad to see people like you sort of uh, uh, joining the fray. Okay. Uh, That's the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. The discipline that we would like you to exercise is to make a decision that nothing is more important than that you feel good and that you are going to find thoughts that feel better. Your cork floating is the only thing that is worthy of discipline. Abraham. Okay. So the cork. Ooh, Marianne joined us. Thank you, Marianne. Um, when Abraham talks about the cork, let me just real quickly for the listeners who are not familiar with this analogy, what Abraham says is that our natural feeling state is feeling good and that it's only really through an act of resistance or focusing on things that don't make us feel good that we don't feel good. And, and Abraham uses, and I, I love this analogy, it, it's like your piece of cork, right? And if you, if in order for the cork not to float in water, you would actually have to hold it down underwater. But if you're holding a piece of cork underwater and you just let go of it, it's naturally going to rise up to the top and float on top of the water. And so uh, when Abraham talks about your cork floating is the only thing worthy of discipline, it means that allowing yourself to feel good by focusing on the things that are in alignment, that uh, bring you up, that are energetically in alignment with what you want to manifest and what you want to bring into life, like that's the most important thing. And what Abraham is saying here in the quote is that, you know, when it comes to discipline, you know, discipline can be good for a lot of things, but the most important thing is discipline in our focus, discipline in our energy, Discipline in what we, we are giving our presence to. And that, you know, if in your life there is something that is really annoying, painful, that really kind of brings you down, I'm not saying that you should necessarily ignore it. But as you can find things around it that you feel good about, the more you focus on those things, as the expression goes, where your attention goes, energy flows. And, and what we give our energy to expands in our life. So the more we give our energy to the things that lift us up, the better we feel, the more we feel lifted up. 
Uh, it's kind of like, uh, like let's say you know you, you you work for a company, and and there are things about your job that you don't like, but but there are some things about your job you do like. Like maybe you have a really annoying coworker who's in the cubicle right next door to you. Um, but you love the work that you're working on. You love a, a particular project that you're focusing on. So instead of putting all your focus on that coworker who just drives you nuts, focus on your work. Focus on that project that you really love. And, and just to weave a story around it, if we put our focus on this project that we really love and we really put our energy into it and our heart into it and we, we really give it our all, that project will be much more successful than if we come to it like, oh, I can't stand this guy next to me uh, and allow that to pull us out of feeling good. Our, our sort of our, our, our energy and our presence goes into this project. We do really well at it and maybe next you know review we get a promotion and suddenly we get to move our cubicle and then that annoying coworker is no longer in our space so i i mean it's a silly kind of analogy but i think you get the idea it's by by focusing on those things that lift us up and make us feel good that we can really shine and and then that that shining can can sort of over uh, compensate for those things that that bring us down, make us feel not that good. Now, look, I'm not saying if if you you don't feel good in your body that you shouldn't go see a doctor. Of course, you should, but give appreciation to your body for the things that are working, not for the things that aren't. And so that when you come to your healing, if there is a problem with your body, you have that much more energy, that much more positivity towards your body. It, it, they've done it. I think the HeartMath Institute study, like the various emotions, and, and they read sort of what frequencies different emotions give off. And, and the one emotion they say is the highest frequency is gratitude. The more gratitude we can find for something in our life, it's a higher vibration, a higher frequency, and, and it creates a, a, a better energetic environment for the cells of our body and for everyone around us. So, again, it, it's, I don't want people to be unrealistic about stuff or ungrounded, but we can be grounded and we can be optimistic. We can be grounded and we can be grateful. We can be grounded and we can be joyful about the things in our lives that we are joyful for. Ah, two great, wonderful quotes from Abraham and the universe. I hope you enjoyed them. I see we're getting some love on the Facebook Live. Thank you all uh, for, for, for sharing this and, and bringing your presence on uh, and, and enjoying the show. So. All right, let, let's get going because I'm excited about my, my guest today. And it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Tracy Weiland, who is a researcher, a speaker on the impact of technology on society, work, and careers. A former visiting scholar at Stanford University, she has held leadership positions at Apple, HP, Cisco, and Cisco Systems. She was an adjunct professor for Bay Area Colleges, teaching classes in business, technology, and women's workforce topics. Dr. Weiland was named San Francisco Woman of the Year um, and honored by the San Francisco Business Times as the most influential woman in the Bay Area business. She's a finalist for the 2018 Women Advocate of the Year for Women in Technology. Dr. Weiland has authored 
15 books. And her newest book is Career Confusion, 21st Century Career Management in a Disrupted World. And it was named Bloomberg's top business book for 2018. And it is a companion book to Digital Disruption, the Future of Work, Skills, Leadership, Education, and Careers in a Digital World. And it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Tracy Weiland to the show. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Ah, my pleasure, my pleasure. Um, You know, I've had a a couple of guests on in the past talking about the future of work, but it's been a little while, and and when... uh, I, I came across your stuff. I, I thought, you know, it, it would be good to revisit this topic because things are changing so fast, aren't they? Yes, they, they really are. And the World Economic Forum has been talking about this fourth industrial revolution that globally that we're in now, uh, where we have more and more technologies accelerating. And a lot of these technologies we just can't really touch and feel, you know, like what is artificial intelligence and what is big data Um, so it creates a lot of confusion right right and we're we're so interconnected and the effect that the smartphones have had uh, i don't think anybody could have predicted them before the first iphone came out do you no and you know here's what's interesting is technology becomes easier to use and more pervasive society really um embraces it. And I think the iPhone is an excellent example. I mean, I think there's more smart devices in the world now than people in toothbrushes. Um, (laughs) And so we've almost, um, you know, while it's disrupting, I think, you know, society is saying, hey, this is simplifying my life. Uh, And I can't even envision myself without the smartphone or ride sharing or Amazon Prime, for example, you know, so I think a lot of it we like at yeah. the same time. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Okay, Tracy, I apologize, but we do have to take our first break. Um, and when we come back, I just want to talk a little bit more about your background, and then we're going to get into um, your new book, Career Confusion, and, and sort of what people should be more aware of today, uh, given all these crazy things going on, Okay. Okay. All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. Um, so, Tracy, I, I'm just curious, uh, you know, to focus on the idea of sort of the future of work, workplace issues, it, it's not that common a, a focus at least in the past, was there something specific, an incident, or was this sort of an interest that sort of grew naturally out of your um, experiences in, in technology companies? Well, a lot of it has to do with um, employment, and mm. people are looking for jobs, and there's a the level of frustration that people may not have the right skills for the jobs available today. Yeah. And on the flip side, employers are saying, I have a lot of jobs open and I can't find people to fill them. Ah. Um, and it's because there's a gap. And so and I felt right. that gap personally um, myself when I had moved actually from New York out to Silicon Valley um, and found myself highly unemployable, which was um, <laughs> a big shock for me. Right. Ah, so you're a, a fellow New Yorker, eh? Yes. Yeah, so I um, I grew up in Queens and ah. uh, spent my school, you know, there. And I actually worked in Manhattan. And I worked for Vogue magazine. Ah. And, um, you know, my grandmother got Alzheimer's at a very young age. And mm. the whole family moved out west to get her medical care. And thought it would be easy for me to get a job because I was right. in sales, um, ah. but you have to be technical, and that's when I really opened my ah. eyes to where the future of work was going, uh, and it, it clearly Silicon Valley was spearheading technology. Right, right, right. Um, and and uh, I'm just curious about your experiences as a woman in technology because I've had guests come on in the past talk about sort of the challenges and the difficulty of being a woman in, in techno technological companies because there is, let's face it, there is a very strong bias towards men uh, in, in technological careers, isn't there? Yeah, so, you know, my suggestion is, is you know, where are, what skills are valued? And in Silicon Valley, engineering skills are highly valued. And at the time I entered, uh, there weren't a lot of women in those positions. I mean, a lot of right. CEOs are engineers. Right. Um, I actually ended up in manufacturing, which is, has a lot of hard skills, ah. math and science. Okay. Um, and so I didn't, you know, I wasn't in an administrative role. And I think there's always a concern if women are flocking to administrative roles because they're never going to achieve on certain levels uh, the power in some of the Silicon Valley companies if you are an outstanding engineer, right? right. You know, you can move into product marketing management because you're handling products. Right. So, you know, to me, it's more important today that you manage your own career. So I have shifted and made decisions to leave firms mm. that were not helping me achieve my personal goals to get ahead right. instead of absorbing the negative 
vibes, as someone might say, right. uh, whether because I was a female or maybe not an engineer, um, because, you know, you have to create your own goals and your own end game. Right. And I think anyone can say, you know, well, I have, you know, I might be discriminated in some sense. And my sense is keep your eye on the ball, decide right. what's important to you, right. and create your own path to get there. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, I just remember the, 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 the blog post from Seth Godin whenever we talk about work, about how, like, in our parents' day, they worked for, like, one or two or at most three companies in their lifetime and then retired. Uh, in our uh, generation, you know, we've probably worked at seven different companies, possibly, you know, three or four different careers, and that people today in their 20s and 30s, they're going to have seven different careers simultaneously. And uh, I, I heard, and you know, now with the quote-unquote gig economy, that there are a lot of people who... Uh, in addition to working whatever full-time job they're working, they have always some side project going on that's an idea for an app or a website or something that they're doing in addition to uh, whatever they're doing to pay the bills. Um, do you find that's becoming more and more pervasive? Yes, and you know, a lot of it is because technology creates this opportunity for us to do things Right. that we couldn't normally have done in our parents' generation. Right. I mean, so you can go on and you can create apps and you can do a lot more things um, and have a gig on the side or do other things, where in the past it was you went to the office from 9 to 5, technology wasn't really accessible outside of the office. Right. And so you couldn't be more creative on your own career paths. Um, so, you know, Some people might have tried entrepreneurial activities on weekends, or at night, um, but today you can do a lot more. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I remember way back, I'm going to date myself now, uh, when I read Alvin Toffler's book, The Third Wave, back in the, uh, I don't know, was it late 70s, early 80s, and he talked about sort of this new wave, uh, as, as you mentioned before, this sort of the, the, this new sort of in, industrial wave of the, and at the time, that you know, you didn't even have a name for it. You know, I've heard everything from the information economy to the connection economy, um, and that there would be sort of this huge disruption in that you know jobs that people had been trained for and worked in for many many years would overnight sort of disappear, but there would be different jobs. And this, you know, you kind of alluded to before, uh, there'd be different sort of jobs, but people you know, aren't really prepared for it. What, what kinds of shift, like what kinds of, of jobs are you seeing disappear on a wholesale basis? And then what kinds of jobs are coming up on a wholesale basis? Like you're saying, the employers can't find people for it. Right. So, you know, every job has the ability to be eliminated if there is a rote and routine aspect to it. Right. Right. So, you know, if a robot or artificial intelligence coding can replace a piece of your job because it's so repetitive, you really shouldn't be doing it anyway because right. you are a creative human being. You have the ability to do more. You know, I tell a story because, you know, you're from New York, is I remember in the New York Post, the Yotel. Yotel opened up on the uh, oh, yeah. west side. It was a hotel that had a robotic bellboy. Right. And it was big headline <laughs> because everyone said the bellboy is going to replace the robotic bellboys, putting bellboys out of business. And the general manager was quoted in there saying, you know, here's the story of what happened. One bellboy said, this is all I can do. I can only be a bellboy, so I'm going to have to go find another hotel to work at. 
And uh, the second one said, you know what, I realize that technology is part of the future. I can't really embrace it, but could you help me move to other positions in the hotel so I can build up my skills and be more employable? And they did that. He said the third one was very clever. The third one went out to the manufacturer of the Bellboy Robotic company and said, I'm a subject matter expert in Bellboy, (laughs) but I also embrace the technology so I could be your director of sales. So he said out of the three, you know, they're all employed. One had to leave, Mm -hmm. probably at minimum wage. The second one is skill building. And the third one is probably making a lot of money because they embrace the technology. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Um, uh, Even though AI and and robotic technology has been improving uh, dramatically in the last five years, it still has a, a little bit of a way to go, though, doesn't it? Well, it will constantly evolve, and that's part of the unknowns is, you know, these technologies will blend, they'll merge, and they'll continue to evolve. Um, I I like to always call out the auto industry when you think Mm. about it. When I grew up, cars just had four wheels and took gas and you changed your own oil. But they're constantly evolving right now to become intelligent mobile devices, computers on wheels, and now actually software and sensors. So they will continue to evolve and create different kinds of jobs and opportunities. Right, right. And now with the big, there's a lot of research being done into, um, you know, self-driving vehicles, which could eventually put a whole bunch of drivers out of a job, right? Or if you look at the flip side, now we need people to design these cars. We need people to repair these cars. We need people to ensure, right, look at the policies, to look at the parking. Will parking need to exist? Do we need traffic lights anymore? What are the legalities around it? So to me, there's going to be a lot more jobs created by this whole new platform, driverless cars, than displacing a driver who might be actually you know, find a better job of managing a fleet of right. autonomous cars. So I think you have to look at it holistically and say, wow, there could be a whole landscape of cars ahead of us. And when you think about it, they're going to be information and entertainment mobiles because you don't have to drive them. <laughs> right. So you need people to design the interior entertainment. So there's oh. a lot more things that can open up. So, so what should somebody do? I mean, let's say you are a car driver or you are somebody that's you know we would consider today normally to be a relatively low skill level kind of job that would be ripe for um, basically being eliminated in the future through technology what can that person do to prepare themselves for an opportunity that doesn't even exist yet today Right. So, you know, a lot of actually these jobs are embracing, you know, people are embracing the technology. Um, I just had, you know, plumbers tell me that, you know, you can't have a plumbing business anymore without using a camera. And the people who understand how to use the cameras actually can charge a higher amount than those who don't. So I think every industry you have to think about maybe two technologies that are impacting your world and how can you capitalize on that? How can I use that to expand my skill sets or my business um, more than saying, oh, my God, that's going to take my job away? Right. Um, and, I, and I don't think these things happen overnight. You know, um, ticket kiosks for airlines, right, didn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Right. There was an evolution, and then the ticket agent evolved into customer service right. agents, right, in different kinds of roles. So I think you have to keep your eye on 
where is the technology happening in my industry? Right. What are some things that I can learn? And then how can I reposition myself for growth? And a lot of that means taking ownership of your own job right. and you know your own career. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and it's sometimes it, it's about just showing up in your position, as I kind of talked about earlier today in the quotes, and really giving your all to helping people. Like, you know, if you're, let's say, a gate agent in, in an airport, that if somebody, you know, is, is rushing or maybe they're at the wrong gate and you, you go out of your way to help them to make sure they get on the right flight, and it's not that it's necessarily your job to walk them across the, the, the jetway, but you do it anyway because it, it's just the right thing to do. That earns you sort of praise. People get to know you, and now you, you've kind of developed your customer service skills. So when a, a more uh, rote sort of job disappears, you are now have, have sort of groomed yourself to be more of that human-to-human uh, service agent and, 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 and support person? You know, I, whenever I had a new employee come in to work for me, I would sit them down and say, you know, this job that you have today isn't going to look like this job a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason is because of you. You're going to become uh, the CEO of your job. Uh, and you're going to look ahead, right, look at some of these customer service aspects that you mentioned. You're going to grow this job to be very different so that a year from now, you really understand the direction and help us grow. If you don't, then that means it becomes very robotic. And right. why don't I just right. hire a robot to, to really replace you? Right. So it really is this embracing your job as a CEO and saying, where is it going to be? How am I going to grow it? And then I'll pull, you know, the, the company will grow with you. And we need more people thinking much more entrepreneurial about their jobs rather than very rote and robotically about their jobs. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. Let, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, let's, let's talk about your books, Career Confusion and Digital Disruption. I like those alliterations. And uh, talk about sort of what people... Uh, uh, you know, should be looking for in terms of other other skills and other strategies for keeping themselves relevant. Okay, and okay, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m. we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. 
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Dr. Tracy Weiland, author of the books Career Confusion and Digital Disruption. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc. Uh, so, Dr. Tracy, uh, oh, you, you've authored 13 books. Wow, that's a lot of books. Um, so, digital disruption, the future of work, skills, leadership, education, and careers in the digital world. Um, what did you learn in writing that book that, that maybe at the time, you know, surprised you a little bit or, or, or educated yourself a little bit in, in the process? Well, you know, digital disruption I wrote because, you know, the World Economic Forum came out and said, you know, this is fourth industrial revolution. The world is going to be disrupted like nothing in the past. And I started to look at the past and say we've gone through so many uh, revolutions, you know, agriculture, transportation, you know, devices, um, and somehow or another society has survived. Uh, and so what I looked at was, you know, okay, what's going to change about work? Are there some new skills we need to think about? What do we have to think about differently in education? And then finally our careers. And so I think for me it was just more of absorbing and immersing myself in what are these technologies, what's happening out there. And so, and, the, and to help people understand it in, in a simplified way, because people were overcomplicating it and right. scaring people, quite frankly. Right. The career confusion, uh, you know, I got an immediate response from industry and education and individuals saying, okay, thank you for simplifying the technology. What does this mean for me? Yeah. What does this mean for my students? Can you demystify the career yeah. part? And so it was sort of that chapter that I started to look at and say, yeah, what does it mean for each of us in employability? Or, you know, as teachers, you know, how do I prepare students for careers that we don't even understand or know about? So that's why the two books actually came out pretty quickly back-to-back -back because of the demand for more and more simplification of these you know, difficult concept. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And, and for students in particular, it must be pretty confusing because they're sort of learning things that by the time they graduate may be irrelevant. So it's how do you prepare yourself for a workforce that the skills you're learning may be disappearing by the time you graduate? So, you know, I just came back from a very large um, education conference in, in Boston, and, you know, I was talking to teachers and I was talking to students. Students are very resilient. Students yeah. will learn. They're, they're thinking, you know, they're loving the technology. They were showing me all of these projects that they were doing. Um, so I don't worry so much about the students, other than they're almost like boats without rudders, right? You know, because I said to a student, you love gaming, you love this. So are you thinking about this for the future for a job? And, you know, I got a blank stare. No, I, you uh, know, he just really liked playing with the games. Right, and clearly right. was very advanced with math and science. The teachers were the ones I was more concerned about because okay. the teachers were still teaching for the past. Yes. Uh, because they didn't understand the future. And so, you know, their role is really becoming from the sage on the stage yeah. to really the facilitator of knowledge and making connections. Mm. Um, and how can I create that learning environment so that that student can continue uh, learning, meeting people, and understanding how to take their great knowledge and skills and position it forward. Um, so I really found that more, there was more, I don't want to say resistance by faculty at all or, or teachers at all. It was more of uh, how do I do this? 
right. you know, because I just clearly am not in this industry. Right, right. And, and indeed, you know, one of the big criticisms uh, I have and I've uh, heard about sort of the education industry as an industry overall is it's something that was developed back in the early days of the Industrial Revolution when they were trying to take farmers who would kind of do things a million different ways and turn them into factory workers. So a lot of it was rote about uh, uh, submitting to authority and, and about sort of almost beating the creativity out of them which to make assembly line workers maybe was apropos for the time, but today we need the exact opposite, don't we? But we're still dealing with an education system that grew out of that. Well, it varies, you know, so that's yeah. the one thing is it does vary depending on, you know, where you live and what kind of school systems, but I think sure, there is sure. a recognition that we need to uh, broaden, the, broaden the scope for our students and give them many more opportunities to advance their skills. Much more experiential learning. That was a big theme coming up. Yes. How do I yes. connect our students to industry? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and others is just, you know, even they're using their social media to introduce them to other students or graduates who are doing things that they may be interested in. Um, so it's really this shift of instead of instruction, mm -hmm. uh, which is important, there's also the connection to the to the industry. Yes, yes. But with that said, I know teaching to the tests and you know yeah. college-bound stuff is all big hurdles that educators have to deal with as right, well. Right. Okay. So now, if we take our, our shift our focus a little bit from the students to maybe uh, older people, people in their late 40s, 50s, maybe even early 60s, people are living longer, more vibrantly than they ever have before. I mean, my mom just passed away. She was 99 and a half, and she was pretty with it up until the, the very, very end. So, you know, people are, are older, and, and I know they, 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 they can contribute, but for them it, it's a little bit different when it comes to having to change their skill sets than, than if you're 21 and just out of college or 22. Yeah, and you're bringing up an excellent point is that we are living longer, and that means we're going to be working longer for a lot of us because we want to retire with some funds. So, right. you know, <laughs> the reality is, is we could be working into our 70s, 80s, depending right. on, you know, where we are. Um, so we, if you're working now, I always encourage people, uh, take as mu much classes and skill training that yeah. you can in the company that you're working for. Yes. Just if it's free to you and it's offered to you, take the time to do it. If you have tuition re reimbursement, take certifications, go back to school. Yeah. I did all that through my career in uh, the high-tech firms. They always offer tuition reimbursement wonderful. so that you're constantly preparing yourself. But there's a planning aspect is you have to say, okay, so what am I doing in my 30s that impacts what I'm doing in my 40s? Where would I like to be in my 60s right. or 70s if I am still employed and how, what kind of timeline and goals can I set for myself to get there? Right. But with that said, is a lot of uh, colleagues of mine who are working in their 70s mm -hmm. and 80s have said to me, you have to start thinking about age-appropriate organizations or ah. age-appropriate fields that match your skill set. So, okay. for example, a colleague of mine uh, is now a fractional executive. He was a controller uh -huh. for a large firm. Mm -hmm. And then in his 50s realized that he was going to be somewhat phased out. Right. Uh, and so he prepared himself to really have his own business in his 50s mm -hmm. as a fractional executive, which is wow. saying, I can be a part-time controller 
for mm. many firms. Right. Um, the second term is called portfolio career. How can I set uh. up myself to have a portfolio career? Right. But other individuals have said, you know, I phased out of corporate consulting uh-huh. and I've moved into healthcare right. or nonprofit. Right. or the education, worlds where you see other people in your same age range working uh, are good examples of where you can start to target to say, okay, it's age-friendly for me to move into some of these other areas and bring my skills with me. Right, right. And, and it's interesting sort of what you said about sort of that transition from uh, being a full-time employee to actually working for yourself, being an entrepreneur in a way and sort of taking those same st- skill sets but applying them in different ways um, as you you kind of move up in years, it it does seem like there are, although while there's still plenty of jobs at at large organizations, but it does seem like entrepreneurship is much more on the rise in all age groups, isn't it? Well, I have to say that, you know, Shark Tank is a phenomenal show. It really inspired, (laughs) you know, so many young people and um, adults To really start to rethink through, yes, I can, you know, have my own business. And this is where technology comes in because you can open up a storefront in less than five minutes, whether it's an eBay storefront or an Etsy storefront. Um, So we didn't have that in in the past. But the second point is also recasting the skills. I think it's important. I just met a personal trainer. And he said to me, I recasted my skills to be a personal trainer for 50-plus because I realized ah. that there is a very large population yes. of 50-plus who want who are very focused on health and training. Yes. They have different needs than the younger generation, and I'm the perfect person who can recast my skills to help them. And he's really rebuilding his practice around that. Right. Um, and I think, you know, it's really watching the trends yeah. Looking at your skills and saying how ca- how can I facilitate this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's uh, it's also a way of of thinking about it a little differently because in the past, you know, who were the people you'd see in the gym all the time? They're relatively young people who just wanted to get in really good shape. But nowadays, I mean, I just know in you know I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a gym in the basement of my building. I go down there, I would say sixty percent of the people I see in the gym are at least 55 plus uh so so these trends are shifting on on both sort of a a large scale in like the the technological sense but also in terms of uh just personal interest and sort of uh, on a personal level they're shifting as well Yes, you know, and it's funny that uh, you talked about meditation because I moved out to California, the Bay Area, but I recently just re-moved now down to Southern California into Santa Monica area, and uh, there there are franchises everywhere for meditation. Uh, You know, it's sort of like you go in and you can take meditation classes of every scope and type, every journey that you want. Um, and so it's sort of like the trend, you know, where is it going? People are looking for spiritual guidance or ways right. to really integrate meditation into their daily lives. And it's prevalent here and maybe not so much in, in other parts of the country. So yes, you can yeah. certainly see the evolution. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, and, and what I heard uh, in, in talking to people who've, who've been to, like, different tech conferences and stuff is that sometimes, like, like even the, the president, the CEO, the vice president of the company may meditate, but they don't advertise it. They don't tell a lot of people. They kind of keep it quiet. But I think out in California, it's so prevalent and it's so um, ubiquitous in the environment. It's like everybody's doing it, so it's, it's not a big deal. Here in New York City, people are doing it. They may not talk about it quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just actually uh, company. I you know I look at companies when I'm visiting with them, and they show me their meditation rooms, and it's, oh. it's um, they say it helps calm down some of the employees. They tell them to take five, you know. Yeah, <laughs> great. But oh, it's yeah, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, believe it or not, Tracy, it's time for us to take our last break of the show. Um, when we come back, let's just talk a little bit about like where we are today in the middle of 2019 and, and uh, maybe some things people should be looking at for, for now, okay? Okay, thank you. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Dr. Tracy Weiland, author of the book Career Confusion, 20th, 21st Century Career Management in a Disrupted World. Um, so, Dr. Tracy, uh, for people who are literally looking for a job right now in, in the middle of 2019, uh, what advice would you have for them? Well, I think it's really important that you figure out, you know, on a personal level, what do you, you know, think about things that you like to do that you do well, well enough to get paid or promoted for it. And so that's really taking a hard look at your own sellable skills. Right. You know, you know what, what are the scarce things that will set you apart that are employable? Is it project management? Is it a writing skill? 
Is it coding? Is it a speaking skill? You know, what is that? And then go match that to the available jobs in the market. Um, I think a second thing that people need to do is um, it it creates a lot of anxiety. So I say eliminate the noise, right? So if you don't know what you want to do, let's make a list of what you don't want to (laughs) do. So you want to be in the healthcare industry, but you're you're squeamish around blood. So that can eliminate a a number of jobs in the healthcare industry. Or I want to be in the healthcare industry and I do want to work with people but not with technology, right? So Uh, then you can start to narrow in. Or I want to go to an office but I don't want to commute more than two subway stops or ten miles, right? (laughs) So then you can start to draw a circle and say, well, what companies are are in that environment? So that Uh, sometimes can help people. Um, So I think it's just really trying to figure out what, you know, everybody's delta deca car, you know, a hand is, you know, what are your aces? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are your jokers, you know, and right. let's go play the high cards and figure out where we can do the best. Right. Uh, are there certain industries that you see are like uh, so wide open and so uh, in need of talent that that you think are, are really worth people taking a look at that they might not normally think of? Yeah. So, well, number one, technology is always going to have the demand. And people say, oh, I have to be a coder. Well, no, you don't. I mean, let's face it, I worked in the technology industry, and I wasn't an engineer. I was a project manager. I moved into manufacturing. I moved into a strategy group. So don't close your eyes to technology because these firms are high growth and have a lot of opportunity. And they have HR departments, customer service departments. They have marketing Uh departments, finance departments. The second one is healthcare. Healthcare is huge yeah. in terms of employment. And to me, that's a building block career. Mm-hmm. You can enter uh, basically with maybe one year of college or two years, like a certificate. Mm-hmm. And then you can continue to grow yourself. And I've met people who've started off as health aides and now are oh. CEOs of hospital systems wow. because they started to figure out what they like to do, do well, and either went back for certifications or classes or education and built out their skills. So I think healthcare is another one. Of course, government is a very large employer. um, And finance. Finance is a big one. And then there's also, you know, new trends. You know, the food trend is hitting a lot of areas of the the country. This, as we talked before, the autonomous transportation industry. Uh, If you can get in at the ground level, you can grow with it. So there's a lot of areas that you can look at today that we couldn't in the past. Right. Yeah, you know, healthcare, it's interesting you mentioned that because I just uh, happened to make this comment uh, to to my wife the other day. You you walk down the streets of Manhattan and you notice that, like, more and more brick-and-mortar stores closing down. But what do you see popping up more and more? Uh, Urgent care uh, and, and sort of these these uh, um, uh, emergency room like uh, uh, offset uh, clinics for people to go to um, so that they don't go to the hospital and fill up the emergency rooms. And so you see those popping up everywhere. Yes, and services, consumer services. services. That's why, you know, like food is filling a lot of these empty spaces or pop-up restaurants. Um, gyms. I'm seeing a lot of gyms now moving itself ah. into malls. So okay. again, that health and fitness. Uh, right. You know, so there's. You have to keep your eyes open to what's happening, but then right. also realistically where you live right. and what's going on right. where you live. Right. Right. 
Okay. Let, let's uh, let's take out our crystal ball a little bit, and, and, and I'm just wondering, Tracy, if you could l look into the future a little bit and, and, and just give us some predictions for uh, the future of, of work in general and maybe some specific industries. What, what do you think is going to happen in the next five to ten years? Well, number one, I think security mm. is a big deal yeah. um, on a government level, on an industry level, on an organization level, school level, and personally. So if I had, a, you know, a young person today who had the skills and wherewithal, I would encourage them to look at security, uh. whether it's cybersecurity or physical. Security is just a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a wide open gap lot of money and opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of movement towards artificial intelligence, so data scientists. You know, uh. if, if you can make sense of the enormous amount of data that a store mm. is collecting, that a yeah. hospital is collecting, you know, people want to really figure out the trends of what's happening to someone um, in the future. So that's a big area as, as well. Um, and then it's, a, you know, yes, machine learning and robotics, yes, but look at it as technology is our new teammate. Mm. So, you know, in manufacturing, I embraced 3D printing and oh, robotic yes. manufacturing yeah, arms yeah. and, you know, because I saw that they're going to help me elevate my own position so that something I can offload some of the things I really hate to do. Right. So I think, you know, keeping our eye on some of those as well as, you know, remember, sales is always big. And if right. you make your number, it's right. an ageless career. Right. Uh, finance is another ageless career. I know accountants and lawyers who are working well into their 80s and 90s because it's just such a valuable skill. Yeah. So start to think about some of those. And then in the future, well, we're going to need people to train the robots. <laughs> uh, space tourism, of course, is in oh, the news. Yes. Um, you know, we're going to be flying to different places and having, you know, needing people to do that. Um, memory surgeon across uh, my uh, radar. Huh. You know, people can actually eliminate bad memory experiences, maybe for um, PSTD or different areas. Huh. So there's, um, or digital, uh, a nostologist. Someone, you're probably going to different kinds of memorials now or birthdays now where people are actually yeah. not showing photographs only, but also creating beautiful video concepts. Yes, yes. So, you know, really tracking history using some of the multimedia. Yeah. So there's a lot of different areas that I see just emerging. Yeah. You know, I remember I'm, I'm my, my degree and my background actually is in, tech, is in uh, IT and technology. And I remember when I was in college, one of my professors, I thought, said something that was so, so smart. He said, don't just study computer programming. He said, study something else that you really like that you can apply computer programming to. So it's like studying technology is great and there's lots of opportunity, but if you're really interested in the environment or you're really interested in animals or people or whatever it is, study that also and then learn how to apply technology to that particular uh, industry in maybe a new and different way. And I thought that was a, a really great piece of advice that I've, I've, I've kept with me and I, I often give to many of my coaching clients. 
Oh, I think that is an excellent advice because it's all about how do we use technology to solve problems right. uh, in a different area. And if you can find, as you said, the area that you really are interested in, the two together is quite powerful. Yeah, yeah. And I just, uh, you know, one thought I had was that there's a huge, huge, huge opportunity right now for people to go into sort of uh, how to apply technology to the ecological crises that we're facing, like the 14-year-old the kid who came up with a way of cleaning up plastic out of the oceans. Uh, something like that, I think, is so important. Or like what kinds of technologies can we uh, uh, invent or apply to help with climate change, with extreme weather, with, with sort of these challenges that we're facing, pollution, uh, that uh, you know, are actually going to affect our, our, our fundamental life. Yes, and these are new categories that really didn't exist before. We existed, but we just didn't focus on them as right. actually employability. And right. so, yes, I think it's like really looking for where, where can I make a contribution that I could do well, well enough to get paid or promoted for it. Right, exactly. Well, Tracy, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show. I really want to thank you for, for uh, taking the time to be on the Conscious Consultant Hour. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And uh, so Career Confusion and Digital Disruption, where can people find the books? Oh, thank you. So um, the books are, of course, available on Amazon.com. Uh -huh. uh, my website and the publisher is Peter Lang. Uh -huh. And um, they're pretty accessible. Right. And if people just want to learn more about you, do you have a, a personal website? I do. It's TracyWeiland.com, which is T-R-A-C-E-Y-W-I-L-E-N.com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and a lot of uh, venues, social media venues, so I'm pretty easy to find. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I'm sure you've already written 13 books. I'm sure there are more in the works, so you'll, you'll let me know when you come out with your next book, and we'll have you back on. I will. Thank you very much. You're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in today. Ooh, I, I missed some people on the Facebook Live. Uh, Survey, Brigitte, uh, Lisa, Paula Caracappa, creator of The Awaken Fair. Wonderful. Thank you, Paula, for joining us on the Facebook Live. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com.
Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.